This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. Jumping into 2022 and all the opportunities this, that this year will present, um, even though we're going through times that are dark, the light shines brightest in the darkness. So I just see this as a time as the church to shine. I see this as a time that, that will hopefully compel us to draw closer to God, to have more of a fervent prayer life. And to really go after him and say, God, I want to make my life count for eternity. <clears throat> and a couple of announcements. You've heard me perhaps talk about youth in the past. And we've had guests on the show that have been involved with youth ministry. We've had youth come on the show. And, and the Lord has put uh, more and more youth in front of us who are struggling with pornography some years ago, I got a contact from a woman, a mother of a seven-year-old daughter who got her first exposure to porn on her dad's smartphone. And and um, we're getting emails from people today um, with whose kids, as young as age 10, have are hooked on pornography. And this is the result in large part because parents should not be giving their kids smartphones at such a young age. That's that's asking for it. That's asking for that's just saying, hey, I'm giving you wide open internet access, and then and then all of a sudden, mom and dad get shocked when they find out that <laughs> Junior or their sweet little girl has been going the wrong places on their phone. And of course, they're going to be going to school, and I'm talking Christian schools too where the kids are going to be sharing and showing what they're looking at in the wrong places. And so all that to say is we are now beginning to offer a new group for youth. It's a recovery group for those who are young, adolescent years into the early 20s, teens who are struggling with pornography and who want help and who want to break free. <clears throat> So Brandon Burnett, who's a member of our team, he and he has a heart for youth. He will be leading this group. He has had his own struggles with pornography and sex addiction, and he's so he's been through it. He's been through our courses, and um, he believes in what we're doing. And he will be leading these groups. And what it is is it's a weekly group where teens can check in. 
and they will be given the road to grace, my first book, and then Brandon will walk them through and mentor them in their principles of recovery and talk about sexual purity and masturbation and all the issues that teens need to be equipped on and taught on and mentored on in this day and age when there's so much sexual depravity. And so that is beginning early February. It will be $99 for three months. And what that means is they can have uh, those who want to participate will have access to all meetings for three straight months. And then part of what we do too is to pair them up into pairs so that during the week they'll be praying for each other, supporting each other by text or phone. And um, so if they're in a tough place, they can they can text their prayer partner and say, hey, I'm going through a rough time now. Will you pray for me? And that's the way that people get free from this stuff is by having, being, being continu- continually connected to another brother in Christ or another sister in Christ. So feel free to contact us or email us for more information. The um, contact information for the youth group, our website is at the end of the show, or you can just go to www.blazinggrace.org. And at the beginning of 2021, I felt like the Lord was telling me that prayer was going to be critical for that time. And in 2022, Prayer is no less critical. In fact, it's maybe even more urgent with the things that are going down. And so my heart is to offer more ways that you can get involved in prayer. And so I will ask every Christian listening right now, are you participating in a prayer group? Because if you look through the book of Acts, they were meeting for prayer constantly. They began the early church with seven days straight of prayer. And so what we're doing at the ministry is we're offering pretty much a prayer group a day during the the work week now. So we have prayer groups by Zoom, by phone conference call for wives, for the general public, anybody who wants to be a part of prayer. And, And though there's no cost for these. And the thing is to start... Being a part of a prayer group, and we're praying for our country, our countries, and we're praying for each other. There's time moments of silence because part of the prayer meeting is there should be times of silence, moments of silence. We're waiting on God. We're waiting to hear from him, and part of prayer is silence. My soul waited silence for God alone. For him is my salvation. That's Psalm 62. These are for men. These are for women. These are from people all over, in North America, Europe, the UK, anyone. We have people participating now from in our prayer groups from the US, Canada, Germany, the UK. And so this is for anyone who can speak English. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to take part of these because right now the church, with all that it's going through, with all the turmoil and Everything that's going on, we need prayer desperately. We need to be in prayer for our government leaders. We need to be praying for our schools. We need to pray for youth. We need to be praying for each other. And prayer is where the power is. Prayer is where our power as Christians come from. And you read all through Scripture how God honors prayer. And, you know, Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed fervently. 
and it did not rain for several years. That's from the book of James. So the prayer prayer meetings should be a part of every Christian's life, and that's a big problem I see with a lot of our churches today is the prayer meeting has become largely extinct, or if they even have a prayer meeting, you know, maybe two people show up. <clears throat> so get involved with us. Get involved with the prayer meetings. At the very least, you need it. We need it. Everyone needs it. The nations need it. And so today I want to start by sharing the story of my family and I's journey to finding a church here locally. We moved here to Arizona in July of 2020. And that was an experience, moving right in the hottest month of the year and unloading a truck in nearly 110-degree weather. And summer of 2020 was also... One of the hottest years on record where they had, I think, more than 50 years of 100-degree weather. So that was fun. And we started looking for a church immediately, and we've been to quite a few churches in that time. And so I'm going to share what we saw as we've been on this journey. And one church, and we went to churches all sizes, big, small, meeting in um, schools, medium-sized, you know, everything from a small church of 30 to 40 to some of the bigger ones that are seating, you know, in the thousand plus. So one church we visited uh, was a larger church, and this was really early on after we moved, so COVID was still on everybody's minds and people hadn't come back to church. But this was one of the bigger churches. They had a very loud rock band or worship band, video screens all over the place on the side walls and the front, and they were they began at the service promoting their social media channels, and it had a very commercial, polished feel. The worship band was very smooth and polished and very loud, and the message was um, not what I would call challenging at the least. I mean, it was interesting, but um, there wasn't any hook or meat to it. And so it was too loud and and um, too much of a commercial feel, that one. We went to another church, I think between 500 and 1,000, and we were starting to like it. And then the pastor uh, started basing his his sermons off of the Christian show The Chosen, which is based off Bible stories. And I don't have a problem with The Chosen personally, but um, you have to discern between Christian entertainment and Christian culture and what a biblical church looks like. And once you start basing your church services on a movie of the Bible, which is basically a Christian program or Christian entertainment even with Christian words, you've just... You've lost it because what was the early church devoted to? Prayer, fellowship, and teaching. And he was encouraging the flock to watch The Chosen during the week. And I, um, my family, my, I have kids, four kids, and three daughters, age 23, 
19 and 17, and the 23-year-old was saying, this isn't right. We should, we should be basing this off the Bible, not a TV program. So in that church also, um, they had a really loud worship band. They were actually handing out earplugs when you walk in. And if you've done research on the effects of loud music on the brain and on the nervous system, loud music acts as a stimulant. So it's like drinking a cup of coffee. And then loud music also overwhelms the brain chemistry. So when you're in a setting in a church or anywhere and the music's really loud, then it's really overwhelming your spirit to a certain certain extent. And then then you have to ask, are we getting are we really worshiping here? Are we just getting carried away by the loud music, some of which is, um, you know, rock music with Christian words, which may or may not particularly put you in a place of focusing on God. There's just sometimes it's just too much me, me, me in some of this, some of today's songs. <clears throat> so that church, um, you know, we didn't stick around with. There was another small church. We tried, I think, maybe 40 members, and and the whole atmosphere is very light and airy, and it felt like a social club. There wasn't any sense of, I don't know, fear of the Lord or awe, reverence. It just it almost felt like it was borderline entertainment, and then I couldn't wait to get out of there. Honestly, and as we're walking out the door, the pastor's at the door, and he greets us and says, I hope you had fun, and... And I just, I didn't know what to say because when I go to church, I don't go there to have fun or for entertainment. I go there because I want to draw close to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to draw close to the creator of the universe. I want fear of the Lord and reverence and awe, the kind of worship we see in Scripture all throughout. You know, you see pictures of men and women dropping to their knees and raising their hands and and crying out to God for mercy, that to me, that, that is worship. And we've lost this. We've lost the sense of the fear of the Lord. We've lost reverence and awe. And, and all the churches that we visited, I can't say that there was a sense of reverence and awe and fear of God. I saw a lot of people kind of strolling in with Starbucks cups and coffee cups in their hands. Like, you know, they were just coming to another Social event, entertainment event, or whatever, you know, cruising in 15, 20 minutes late, and um, everything is, you know, meant to keep everyone very, everyone very comfortable. And so that, that church was a one-off, and we went to another church, a large church, a big one. It was actually a satellite campus of one of the bigger churches here in Arizona, and I don't know, maybe it's a seated 700 or 1,000. Huge building with vaulted ceilings. Another situation where the worship band was loud. I mean, really loud. And even my teenage daughters were even saying that their ears hurt. Listening to this, um, we went there several times. And at one point, the uh, they gave a message on depression. And I just remember the, the senior pastor apologizing because that topic wasn't positive or it wasn't a happy topic and I just about wanted to puke because I felt like we were being treated like a bunch of five-year-olds. Like, 
you know, or this is, we're supposed to be at church, it's supposed to be PG or G-rated, where we don't dare get in anyone's face and challenge them and confront them. And, and um, you know, what happened to our guts? What happened to our courage? What happened to challenging people to living a life that counts for eternity? What happened to words like sin? What happened to challenging people to set aside their comfort zone? And so that one didn't last too long. And and then um, we tried another one. Uh, same thing, loud, loud rock band. And then at the end of the service, they played secular music, a secular song, and I just... <laughs> what... <laughs> Whatever happened, like I just said, to a sense of holiness and the fear of the Lord in the church, what are we doing, you know, playing secular songs after what's supposed to be a worship service in the fear of the Lord? I just, we, this theme kept coming up over and over again, comfort and casual and, and no challenge. And you don't hear the words of sin very often and is very, smooth and professional and polished. And another thing I noticed, which was somewhat alarming, a trend, and, and these are not the only churches we visited, by the way. Um, we visited others. Some taught verse by verse. Some did topical. Um, but along the way, I noticed there weren't that many youth in most of the ch- in the churches we were visiting. A lot of them most of them were up in their 40s, 50s, 60s and up. A lot of a lot of the gray hair, but we weren't seeing a lot of youth for the most part. There was a couple of churches that there were maybe more youth than usual. But that was alarming. And to, to think that we are losing our youth, and I kept seeing that over and over a theme last year, Greg Reed came in on, I mentioned him before, where he says that 80% of youth are leaving the church by their early 20s. And I had a 27 and 19-year-old on who said they saw, and they were both educated in Christian schools, who said they, they see a lot of people, kids they grew up with who have walked away from the church. And so this is very, there should be alarm bells ringing in, a sense of urgency and putting people on their knees and freaking out, really, (laughs) from that issue alone. But there wasn't a sense of urgency pretty much in all the churches we visited. And there really wasn't much in the way of, you know what, everything is dark right now, and um, we should be, each and every one of us has a very short life to live. And we need to live our lives in a way that counts for eternity. There were no challenges like that. Or the message that we were all we were all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We have to give account for every single idle word. I mean, words like verses like that kind of put the fear of God in me when I read them because I know in my life huh, there's been a lot of words I've said that are not good at all. And the other thing I noticed with a lot of the websites for every church is they all they all go out of their way to say, come as you are, which is good because that's the only way we can come to God is if we come as we are. But I didn't hear about the narrow gate or the narrow road like it says in Matthew seven thirteen to 14, which I'll read. 
where Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So we hear about come as you are, and we make each other comfortable, and we don't challenge each other a lot, but I didn't hear about the narrow road anywhere. And then um, I also point out how, remember when what happened with the Apostle Paul right after his conversion, uh, God told Ananias, Ananias to go and lay hands on Paul to remove the scales from his eyes because he was blind at the time so he could see. And I'll read from Acts chapter 9, where, and it says, verse 13, But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him, I will show Paul, God says, how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. This is right after conversion. And you can you imagine being in one of our modern churches and somebody saying, you know, in an evangelical with an evangelical message to, hey, come to Christ and you're gonna suffer. You don't hear that. <laughs> we don't hear we hear God has a wonderful plan for your life and and loves you. And yeah, he, he loves you, but part of that wonderful plan includes suffering, guaranteed. And the big problem is we're not preparing people to suffer. And we saw the fallout from them from that when COVID hit. And a lot of Christians, they just fell apart. They didn't know what to do. And, you know, they're forced to go inside. So when you're forced into isolation, who you really are when you're alone reveals what your relationship with the Lord is, or reveals what your band-aids are, what your coping mechanisms are, reveals if you really have a true relationship with him or you've just been going to church and faking it. And our inquiries for help with porn addiction and adultery from Christians just shot through the roof after March 2020. We have not prepared people to suffer. We haven't told them right out the bat that there's a narrow road here, and if you want the Christian life, you're going to have to be willing to do what it takes to follow Christ, and there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cross you have to carry, and part of that cross involves suffering. Um, and that ain't fun. <laughs> but there's no other lo- way to live life. Because when I've suffered, that's when God has used, he has used that suffering to burn off pride in arrogance, in humil- and show me what true humility and obedience is. So where we are with church today is we just started doing home church a few weeks ago. Uh, my 27-year-old son made the comment that he hadn't been challenged to in a church in years, and same I've been mentioning. I've been going to these churches doing verse-by-verse Bible teaching and topical, and but... Telling people what the verses mean is not enough. We have to challenge them to take their life with Christ. That has to be number one, absolutely unconditionally number one. 
and a part of that, the result of that is a fervent prayer life. It's going after God hard. It's with intent living your life in a way that counts for eternity. It's investing in your time and your money and your resources in the things that count for eternity. And so the last couple of weeks I've been doing home church and and my messages at home are not too far away from what you're hearing me <laughs> share here. And we spend time praying and and we're thinking about opening this up to others. So I'm just curious if any of you interested in tending, email me. We we live in Santan Valley, which is a little out of you know, a little out of Phoenix, but I'll just throw it out there. And either way, um, I love to hear from you. We love to read your emails. So please feel free to email us and give us your comments uh, on what you've heard. But I just want to keep challenging. This year, we have to be a church that is devoted to prayer and fellowship and teaching. We've got to get on our knees. We've got to go after God, and we've got to remove isolated believers. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.